0: Mic check, check one, check two. Are we here? All right, we're here, right now-ish. Welcome to Right Now-ish. I'm your host, Pendarvis Harshaw. To tell you a story that impacted the world, we're gonna do a little time travel. But physically, we're staying right here in the Bay Area. It's 1942. World War II is raging in Europe and the United States has just entered the war. Three months after Pearl Harbor, a wire from the U.S. Maritime Commission started the W.A. Bechtel Company and five affiliates, building a new shipyard, nestled at the foot of beautiful Mount Tamalpais on the shores of San Francisco Bay. This $17 million shipyard in Sausalito will become known as Marin Ship. It was a huge contributor to the country's production of battleships. They built over 90 vessels, and we're talking huge boats, like Liberty Ships and big tankers. These were the ships which turned the tide of war. What's usually lost in the story of war manufacturing and patriotism are the tales of the folks who showed up for work every day and actually tightened the bolts and twisted the screws and welded the warships. I'm talking about the thousands and thousands of black folks who fled the racist South just to encounter more of the same here in the Bay Area. This is the other American World War II story. 80 years after the start of the war, there's a new album commemorating these African American laborers. And it's made with the voices of teens whose communities descend from these historic figures. A history that isn't really talked about in our classes, but it is a really important part of our history. Come get a history lesson through Beats and Rhymes, delivered by the young people walking on the hallowed grounds where it all went down. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. The group is called The Marinovators, and their album is called A Way Out of No Way. It's a collaboration between hip-hop educator Jahi and students of the XR Libraries and performing stars of Marin. I recently got a chance to chop it up with five of the 12 young folks who appear on the album. My name's Kyrie Mitchell. I'm 13. I'm Dom Austin, and I'm 14. Hello, my name is Sarah Alexis Williams, I'm 15. My name is Julia Cook, I'm 12. My name is Rohan Ayer, I'm 18. In the West African style, this is something that we usually do toward the start of a conversation, but I wanted to just take a second and honor the name of some of the ancestors that you all read about in doing this work. Joseph James. Rodessa Battle. Reverend Leon Samuels. And with that, let's get into the history. As mentioned, these folks are included in the album. Like that last person, Reverend Samuels. So we went down to the employment office to see what it was, and it was some job that was being offered out in Sausalito, California. We accepted the job that day it was on a Thursday and on a Sunday. We left for California. His story is similar to thousands of black folks who were excluded from higher-paying industrial jobs in the South. So they migrated to the Bay. Arriving in Marin's ship in Sausalito, where they found hard work, but good pay, as the young artists sing in their song, "Away Out of No Way. They left, they left down south and they came to the bay, make a way out of no way. The shipyard work was hard but good pay, make a way out of no way. The story of our people won't hit in a way, make a way out of no way. The massive influx of war workers created a housing crisis in the bay. So was born Marin City an integrated housing project for shipyard workers and their families, but it only accommodated a fraction of the workers. In fact, the bulk of black workers had to find housing across the bay, which was hard because there were policies barring black folks from staying in a lot of areas. But for the black families that did get a spot in Marin City, a number of them stayed and established roots. Today, there are folks in Marin City's black community who are direct descendants of this lineage. And some of the students behind this album are personally connected, like Dom Austin. My great-great-grandfather actually worked on the Marine ship. I know he was, a, he was a welder as well. Now, let's talk about the women workers during the war effort, specifically the black women. Of the million black people who entered the workforce during the war, more than half were black women. In fact, my mom's neighbor in Oakland, Mrs. Marcella Hubbard, was one of them. When we talked on her 100th birthday, she told me about working as a welder in the shipyard. On the Marinovator's album, the young historians highlight the tales of some of these women by using oral histories in their music to honor the she sheroes, like Miss Radessa Battle and Miss Annie Small. When I i going up that ladder, they say, well, you got to up this ladder if you want to work in here in this shipyard. And I went up there. In Wonder Woman Workers, the song summed up the significance of women in the shipyard and how you wouldn't really expect that in the 1940s and the importance of what they did in the shipyard and how they worked there. Painters, congressmen, all types of positions, warehouse, laborers, even shift fitters, nurses, riggers and big crane lifters. And listening to this song, you realize that that white icon of Rosie the Riveter is misleading because there were so many black women also working on the home front. Wonder Wonder Woman workers working in the shipyard. Wonder Wonder Woman workers working in the shipyard. These students gave the unsung sheroes the title of Wonder Wonder Woman workers. Accountable. Smart. But the thing is, not everything was rosy at this integrated workplace. It was hard work for good pay, but not equal rights. The main union has for us a separate organization to which we have to belong. I found out that... This is Joseph James, a man whose name you should know. The due structure was the same, but the benefits were 50% of what uh, a white person would get belonging to them. And I said, I'm not going to put up with this. Man, this guy was dynamic. Before he came to work in Sausalito shipyard, he had a successful singing career. He sang on the radio, he had bit roles in Hollywood, and he was part of the original cast of Porgy and Bess. But when war broke out, theater opportunities shrank. So he studied welding and landed a job at Marin's ship which is where he took on one of the biggest roles of his life. He took up the fight against the Boilermakers Local 6. See, at Marin's ship, all construction workers were required to join the union. But that union wouldn't exactly let black people join. Instead, black folks were forced to pay the same dues, but join auxiliary chapters of the union. That didn't give them any voting power and they received less union benefits. That didn't sit right with Joseph James. So he and hundreds of other black workers refused to pay the dues for the segregated union. Joseph threw a protest with no punching in the party to help fund his of junction. Pressure on him, back, the world is equal, we need The world is nowhere close to where we need it to be. Like, there's so many issues going on down, but I'm going to put my foot down and I'm going to start this movement. I'm going to start the process of something big. And that's what Joseph James did. Joseph James and 200 others got fired for refusing to pay member dues to the segregated auxiliary union. The next day, even more workers walked off the job to join those who were fired. James took the fight even further by filing a lawsuit to get him and others reinstated. The case went all the way to the California Supreme Court. In the end, the verdict ruled against the discriminatory practices of the Boilermakers Union and maintained the Marine ship couldn't fire its workers for refusing to pay dues to auxiliary chapters that gave them no representation. This laid the foundation for tackling other discrimination cases in unions and the workplace. And Joseph James' fight for his people didn't end there. He co-founded Marin's first NAACP. These students say that this wasn't the history that they got in their Marin schools, but in learning it now, they see the importance of sharing it. I think it's a bit shocking when you really think about it. You don't really think about like who did it. You really become like aware of what it takes to create history. And I think sometimes that can be a little mind-blowing. It made me feel proud, I guess, to live in a place where people like fought for work rights and job rights for themselves and their community. OK, wait, hold up, pause. Gotta give these young folks proper credit. I mean, in creating this album, they are the next generation of culture keepers and storytellers from their community. I was also writing some of the narrations too. So you had to really make sure that you're doing like all that right. Cause someone might find this in a couple of years. So make sure that everything's spelled right and done right. And so yeah, you feel the pressure sometimes, it's really on you. It's very interesting to be a culture keeper of a culture that you did not experience you've never seen like you've never seen them in person go through whatever they've been through and the ability to relate and the ability to create that is very interesting culture keeping can take many shapes their project even proves it at the end of the album we hear a track with Sausalito based performer and culture keeper Felicia Gaston she's calling for a memorial for these black workers. It needs a sculpture. It needs statue. It needs uh, a ship. It needs some major identification when you come in to say, welcome to Marin City, and so people can recognize the workers. Knowing this history, it's fitting that there be a monument. So to end this piece, I thought I'd ask the students if they had the power to create some kind of memorial or commemoration, what would it be? Maybe it could be like one side where Joseph James and some other people were fighting for their rights and another side where um, the woman in the shipyard are welding. I would like go to some meeting with Governor Newsom and and like Fourth of July, how we'd have a parade. We should have a parade for the people working at Marine Shipyard. For me, I love to see the music by these young people put into a public monument so that the songs can play for visitors to Marin City or the shipyards, so that they're never overlooked again. Thank you to the Marinovators team who worked for months on this album. And thank you to Kyrie Mitchell, Jalea Cook, Rohan Ayer, Dom Austin, and Sarah Alexis Williams who all talked with me for this story. Good luck on your studies and in your crafted young artists. Also, hats off to MC Jahi, who worked with the young creative historians to make this album. There's a virtual reality aspect of this project where viewers can enjoy the immersive experience of this story. Check out xrlearn on Instagram for more info on that. And for more information on Marin City history, check out Marin City 80 the number eight zero, on Instagram. And to listen to the album Way Out of No Way, look for it on Spotify or Apple Music. The producer of this episode is Marisol Medina-Kadena. Our editor is Jessica Platchik. Our engineer is Sil Mother. Ashley Ng, Sarah Pineda, and Justin Ebrahimi make up the engagement team. KQED execs are Erica Aguilar, David Marcus, and Holly Kearney. I'm your host, Pendarvis Harshaw, reflecting on how these historical tales didn't happen that long ago. And in many ways, the stories haven't ended. We're the continuation, and we have some say on how that story is told.